You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at 3 p.m. We're heard exclusively here on Internet Radio Station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen to the show live during our broadcast times. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Smart Stop Self Storage, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, and Smart Business Magazine. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better and more informed business decisions. If you're listening to the program live today and you'd like to join in on the conversation, find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website, Log in with your Twitter handle. This will connect you to our engineer, who today is Paul Roberts. Paul will bring your thoughts and ideas to my attention, and hopefully I can work them into one of the two interviews that I have planned today. Our first guest is Paul Leon. He is CEO and President of Illumination Foundation. Paul, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rick. Glad to be here. It's a pleasure. Let's start by asking you to tell us a little bit about you your professional background, and kind of your path to Illumination Foundation. Well, I was a public health nurse for the county of Orange for about three to four years prior to uh, being the founder of Illumination Foundation. And prior to that, I was a hospital administrator for Saddleback San Clemente Hospital. I see. So what was the inspiration or the genesis? What caused you to take the step and to start the Illumination Foundation? Well, while I was working for the County of Orange for their public health department, I received a phone call one evening, um, as they say, a fateful night, where I got a call of a gentleman who was discharged from a hospital and was walking the streets of uh, Santa Ana and was obviously homeless and appeared to be quite ill. So I got a phone call to come back to Santa Ana and find this gentleman and see if I could connect him to services or actually right. readmit him to the hospital okay um i happened upon the orange county um the uh winter armory and in orange county there's two um winter armories that serve as shelters okay, so uh, I, for I, the homeless i'm not sure what a winter armory is um the winter armory is is a overnight shelter okay. that is run by the county of orange okay and it's only run from december to march okay. um we're one of the unique counties in the u.s that has no year-round shelter or no public hospital so to try to uh you know, shelter some of the individuals that are homeless during the winter. Right. Um, they open up an armory, which is a military uh, facility, and use it from six in the evening till four in the morning to house homeless individuals. So when I I happened upon this gentleman who was in the armory, uh-huh. <clears throat> he, um, you know, when I walked into the building, I realized that there was about two hundred individuals in there. And I noticed immediately there was 50 to 60 children. We actually had a newborn there that night. And I thought to myself originally that it was a faith-based organization having a sleepover. And one of the supervisors came up to me and said, oh, no, no, these are all homeless individuals. And I was so taken aback that, that I knew at that point I had to do something. So I went back to the county and convinced them to let me be an outreach 
um, public health nurse okay. and to start which is now called CHAT-H, um, which is a comprehensive health assessment team that goes out in the community and connects homeless to services. And, and then how did that become Illumination Foundation? Well, I quickly learned that the services that we provided for the county weren't enough. And I, we realized that there wasn't funding available to help the, the over-growing need for uh, people that were becoming homeless, and especially children. And so I was in MBA school at the time, and I convinced my instructor and some classmates uh, to come out to the armor with me and armory and to see some of the problems that firsthand mm-hmm. and immediately they they had a call to action as I did and realized that there was too many children um, in this one location that were either living in parks cars um, you know doubled up tripled up and in fact we when on further research and a needs assessment at that time which was six years ago we found out that there were 22,000 homeless children or unstably housed children, and we were actually second in the nation per population to Dallas, Texas. They were number one. That's amazing, because you you don't... This is why we do the Critical Mass nonprofit radio show, ladies and gentlemen, because it's important to make us aware of what also is going on in this very rich and diverse county of Orange County. 21,000, 20,000-plus children that are homeless or in unstable homes correct that was six years ago this year in our schools we have twenty eight thousand children who are unstably housed and unstably housed means that they're either living in motels they're doubled tripled up um, but many of them live in cars parks beaches and they're highly mobile so on our research um you know from years ago we found out that number one it was a huge problem number two that People in Orange County were so used to um, living in South Orange County or, or along used, the coast. Yeah, yeah, correct. They were used to having, you know, the the good things in life, and they didn't realize that there's pockets and and large communities where um, people are really suffering and homelessness is quite high, especially yeah. in children. On other versions of Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show, when I've had other presidents, CEOs, and executive directors of nonprofit organizations, what they also talk about is how the recession has made the needs even greater because of the loss of employment and et cetera. So I'm, I'm wondering from your perspective, the numbers sounded bigger because you said six years ago one number now, this it's larger now. Is that been the case for the homeless situation in Orange County? The recession has made it worse on those folks? Correct. We, um, you know, back in 2007, we we only had 2,000 um, available emergency shelter beds. Now, uh, you know, today we have 2,300. Oh. And that number keeps going up as far as homeless families. And, it, you know, uh, women with children is the fastest growing population of homeless People kind of think that, you know, they'll see an individual who's panhandling on a corner as the face of homelessness, when right. in reality, it's mothers with small children under the age of five is the fastest growing population. Well, that's a high-risk demographic, isn't it? Right. And that's a very vulnerable part of our community. Correct. Women and, with small children. Correct. Nationally, there's one in 50 children are homeless. Um, and that's a national number, but locally, we certainly um, pair up with that. And 
people don't realize that you know not only we had homeless before but because of the economy because of the high cost of the housing cost, right um there's a lot more new families who are are homeless and who are unstably housed i mean they may be able to afford an apartment for three weeks but that fourth week they don't have enough to rent and they just move i think i saw it on your website that the average minimum a minimum waged worker has to work like a hundred and some hours to be able to afford a one bedroom my number correct 155 hours you would need to work to be able to afford a one-bedroom apartment in orange county over what period of time 150 hours a week a week Correct. Not so, the 40 hours a no. week, not 80 hours a week, not working two jobs. That's like working three jobs. Correct, correct. At minimum wage correct. to get a one-bedroom a one bedroom apartment. One-bedroom apartment. And, you know, when you look at, you know, not only the, the actual fact that they're homeless, but all the negative um, stereotypes that are involved with right. that and all the, the safety net um, items that fall through, like health care, education so we are really focused on on number one the children because you know they many of them aren't in school so we have to make sure that they're they're in school for one and right. and to really break that cycle um, 28,000 children right now is is just unacceptable in a community with such wealth and resources yeah it doesn't seem like it needs to be that extreme does it and something could and should be done and i'm so glad that we have your organization on today to help bring awareness and hopefully spur some of our listening audience either live or those of you that are listening as a podcast in the future feel free we're going to give uh paul's organization's contact information a little later in the show we're going to take our first commercial break paul when we come back i'm going to ask you to talk about a current challenge that your organization is facing and how our audience might be able to help you what you kind of need and how it might help you help your organization overcome that challenge. So stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, pa- I'm talking to Paul Leon, who is the founder, CEO, and president of Illumination Foundation, and we'll be back after these commercial words. Got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped and took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sea. With Smart Stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's the smart old way to store. Smart Stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart Stop, the smarter way to store. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come so ask yourself just one question can i really afford to wait take the first step take our complimentary self-assessment at successionstrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience that's succession-strategies.com 
It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This show is one in a series of weekly radio programs. This is our program that is focused on nonprofit organizations. If you know of a guest or a potential guest for our program, our business-oriented program, our nonprofit-oriented program, or our newest program, our manufacturing-oriented show, then please contact us. You can do that by going to our website, criticalmass4business.com. Select the contact on the contact page. This will bring my email address and phone number up. Contact me directly, and then I'll put you in touch with the producer of our program, and she can work with the guest. All right, we're back talking to Paul Leon. He is the founder, CEO, and president of Illumination Foundation. I said before the break I was going to ask you about a current challenge facing the organization. Can you share that with our audience, please, Paul? Um, yes, I, I think right now, uh, you know, the our name kind of denotes everything, the Illumination Foundation. And one of our biggest challenges is trying to educate the public and, and make them aware and illuminate the problem of homelessness. Because for many of our, our volunteers and for many of our people that come to our site, we find out from them that they were not aware that homelessness was that rapid in, in uh, Orange County. And, you know, they don't see it because many people live, like we said, near the beach. So our really big challenge right now is to just educate people and try to explain to them the seriousness of the, of the, the really um, epic proportions of children that if we don't take care of them now and break this cycle... We're just headed for disaster. So I think right now, it's like I said, it's at epidemic proportions. And to try to, to educate enough people to show them that education, health care, and the adversity that many of these uh, families uh, suffer that just need a, a hand up. Um, so it's a real challenge when we're trying to deal with um, 28,000 homeless children. It seems like there's a stigma. <clears throat> Excuse me, a stigma about homelessness as well. Correct. Um, you know, I've heard things like lazy, or they don't care, or they're all on drugs, and 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 um, you know, many of the adjectives that people use are can't be further from the truth. Uh, you, you know, we have like moms that have two or three children that are trying the best they can. Uh, but literally no child care, no, no public hospital, no shelter where they can really get their feet underneath them. And, it, it, you know, we know moms that, that take buses two to three hours to work, drop their children off, have to pick them up and come back. And it's just really difficult once they uh, become homeless to get out of that state. Yeah, that's the problem. Once you've fallen below the safety net... <clears throat> The amount of time it takes just to exist and, and and protect and plan for your family, it makes it almost impossible, doesn't it? Oh, correct. Unless you're lucky to break that cycle of poverty. Right. And, and it's, you know, you look at um, 
kids now that are graduating from college, they have a difficult time getting and keeping a full-time job. So you can imagine many of our moms were, were high school graduates. Many of them came from foster care. Many of them were traumatized at youth. So to try to get them at a level to where they could participate and have a sustainable housing um, situation and a sustainable employment situation is really difficult. So that's that's one of our big challenge, and I think we do a really good job at it. We have really um, extremely well-educated and trained social workers, nurses, and case managers who um, are experienced and can work with the families to get them back up to where they need to be. Tell me about the Carnival for Kids event on August 17th. We are so excited about this this carnival. Um, we have actually partnered with the city of Stanton to um, take a neighborhood, which is called Tina Pacific, and to actually revitalize this whole community. Stanton, and especially Tina Pacific, is one of the lowest performing educationally-wise one of the highest needs and highest um, obesity rates, one of the highest violent um, uh, violence rate uh, in Orange County, and as far as that goes, as far in, in the U.S., they are an extremely vulnerable community. We went in with the help of Stanton, took over some properties, rehabbed them, and then we actually just opened a children's resource center right in the middle of Tina Pacific. And we noticed, number one, that there was about 350 children that were extremely impoverished. We, we worked with them to uh, follow them in and out of school, after school, and we, we started with simple things as food, you know, the, the food insecurities that they had. During spring break, during summer, many of them um, had one meal a day. So we started with, with just, you know, the basics feeding them, making sure they had access to food, access to health care. But, you know, we, we did not forget that these are children, most of them under the age of five. And most of them have never been to Knott's, Disneyland. That's far beyond their reach. And so one of our um, staff came up with the employee, we should do a back-to-school carnival and give them access to a real carnival. So we brought um, partners together, Wells Fargo, Kaiser, um, Guaranteed Chevrolet, many of our donors who donated, and we're going to have a a real neighborhood carnival on August 17th. And I can tell you these children are going nuts. They're so excited. They still don't believe that in their neighborhood there's going to be a carnival. Um, so we're really excited. It's August 17th. We're going to have Disney radio there. We're going to have some of the Disney um, chefs there cooking. We have rides, games. And the really unique thing about this uh, carnival is that instead of just giving them games and prizes, we're giving them back-to-school um, clothes, backpacks, functional things that they can use to go back to school with. So we're really excited about it. And uh, it listens to the Critical Mass Radio Show, participate and help you with the event. They can go to our website, and there's a number to call, and they can get involved by volunteer. They can pay for one of the local children in the community to go have a a ticket for some of the rides. Um, They can just support the carnival, and there's plenty of links on there on on 
what and how they can get involved. But I, I we're so excited about it and the staff's excited about it just because the fact that if you when you see this neighborhood, there's not even a, a supermarket in the near area. There's a couple liquor stores. Um, there's ju- it just looks like a really impoverished uh, neighborhood, which it is, and so we're really excited to really transform that neighbor neighborhood. That sounds like a wonderful event, and you know, kids just want to play. They just want to have right. fun, right? And we can't forget that. You know, most of these children have most of the children that we take care of have been traumatized. Most of them have been, as I said before, highly mobile. Mm-hmm. Most of them have a, a difficult time having a regular attendance at school uh, because of family issues. So to be able to, one, take care of those needs to break the cycle of homelessness, but also to just give them a day of fun is, is really going to be great. That's great. Thank you. That's a wonderful event. And ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you'll be able to in some way uh, play a part in making the Carnival for Kids event on August 17th of this year, 2013, even more memorable. Uh, we have about four minutes left here on the radio program for our interview, Paul. I-, I wanted to ask you, share with us the future in your mind as the founder of this organization for Illumination Foundation. Well, certainly it's involving the public. We've, we, I believe, um, so far have done a great job of bringing um, public-private partnerships. We work heavily with the county. We work with, as I said, Wells Fargo, Kaiser, many of the businesses. And, you know, to, to move forward, we really need to have everyday citizens understand that many of the people that we serve, it's not a fault of their own. It's just the situation, the high cost of housing, and that there is a solution. It, it's it's definitely treatable, um, it's definitely, you know, housing, albeit really expensive. We've, we've come up with some innovative ways to help house some of the families and to partner with many of the great nonprofits in Orange County. And so as we move forward, we look at continuing that public-private partnership, working to collaborate and to bring resources together um, with, with some of the other nonprofits that we work with. And we're really hoping that, again, if we can break the cycle and stop the two, three generations of homelessness in in one family, that we really can can bring awareness to to the problem in Orange County. And and we certainly have the the will of the community, and we, we definitely have the resources that it's a solvable problem. And so we're hoping uh, within the five, six years we could be out of business. Well, that would be nice. Where you wouldn't, there wouldn't be a need for your organization to exist. I know during the break you were mentioning Bruno Serrato of White House. He's an example of how a local business person can help. So, could we just talk a minute about oh, what Bruno does? Yeah, Bruno. Um, of course, he was a CNN finalist um, as far as a hero, and he was feeding children in the Boys and Girls Club in Anaheim, and he became aware of what we were doing. And Bruno wanted to take it a step further. He wanted to help house the families because it's something to feed them, which, of course, all of our families need. That's a never-ending um, need, right? You have to feed correct, them every day. Correct. I mean, it's constant, ongoing. Correct. So he not only helped assist us with that, but he also helped pay some of the first and last month's rent for our graduates who now are at the next step, next step and can have sustainable housing. But we opened up a children's research center, as I said, right in the middle of Stanton. And Monday night was our first time opening. 
and Bruno was there serving pasta with his staff and our staff. And we had 150 children come out. And again, it's just it's awesome having people who in the community will take the time like that and be able to um, to participate and and can really be on the ground, hands-on, and and Bruno's that type of person. And making such a meaningful, positive impact in people's lives. Correct. It's unbelievable. So I'm sure some of the people listening live today or in the future on podcasts say, you know, I want to find out more about Illumination Foundation. How do they do that online? What's your website? Our website is www.iphomeless.org. And, again, it's pretty interactive. We we are really proud that currently we have about a thousand regular volunteers. Wow, um, that's and, a good volunteer base. Congratulations! Correct. Thank you, and 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 we get a lot done in the community, and we could not do it without volunteers. And we really strive to give um, people a platform where we're organized. They can come out, they can meet our families, work with the children. Um, and participate in a lot of the different programs that we have going on. And, and again, we could not be where we are at today. We've served over a 1,000 families. We've actually housed over a 1,000 families. Wow. And, and that's pretty difficult to do. It's a, it's a big project. It is. Over 500 children are now sustainable off the street. Um, so our, our, our staff has done an incredible job, but our volunteers have, have also done a, an incredible job um, and some volunteering up to four or five years with us already. And I think this would be a great, and you probably have a lot of this already, but as a parent of, if you're a parent of young children or maybe teenage children, volunteering for an organization like yours and helping others in need, I think really helps us appreciate and helps children realize what life is starting to be like and can be like. And I think it's a great thing. So if parents are listening with young children or teenage children, this may be an organization that I would suggest you consider volunteering for. Yeah, our youngest volunteer is two years old. Um, and we actually, we had a, a young girl, I think she was seven or nine, bring us a $7 check Aww. that she worked, sold lemonade, and her dad, of course, backed it up with another check, but we still have that $7 check. It that's, was great. That's so. that's a great story. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, Paul. All right, so that's going to wrap up our interview. Thank you for being a friend of the program. Thank you. For the fine work your organization is doing in Orange County. Continue that. We're going to have you back on the program in the future. Continue the great works, Pauline, of Illumination Foundation. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be right back with our second guest today here on Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. But first, this commercial timeout. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, Under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank Relationship Officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks. 
but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. Do you want a free analysis of your inbound marketing? Do you want it in 30 seconds or less? Then check out Marketing Grader, the free marketing tool from HubSpot. It's simple. Just go to marketinggrader.com, enter the URL that you want to analyze, and Marketing Grader will instantly give you a detailed report grading your lead generation, mobile marketing, social media, competitive benchmarking, and more. It's simple, it's powerful, and it's free. MarketingGrader.com. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I would like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. Our numbers say that over the past 30 days, you've downloaded close to 8,000 copies of our program. We here at the program and the radio station appreciate your continued support. All of our shows can be heard live here on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcasting services, as well as all, all of our shows can be found at our website, criticalmassforbusiness.com. All right, I promise you a second guest, and she's here in the studio. Nicole Boyce, president and founder of the Global Genes Project, is our guest today. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Let's start by telling us a little bit about your background and kind of your path to, to this organization and right. starting it. So um, I was born and raised here in California, um, moved to San Francisco. I've had various jobs in business and the for-profit sector and marketing, sales, business development. And um, about 14 years ago, a dear friend of mine's son was born here in Southern California. And he was born with extra fingers and toes, hooked arms and legs. No one knew what was going on. He went with six months straight in the hospital, um, two and a half years to find a diagnosis. In that two and a half years, I started meeting all these other families that had similar, you know, funky conditions. You know, no one knew what was going on. And it kind of prompted me to start looking into this world of rare disease and what I found was shocking and as someone with two healthy kids and when I saw what these families were going through I decided when I hit the ripe old age of 40 that it was time to try to do something to give back and help this community and so that's kind of was my catalyst so just can I do you mind if I give you a couple stats I'd love stats okay it's it's actually pretty shocking so there's 7,000 diagnosed rare diseases that affect 1 in 10 Americans or 35 million people. So that means all of us, everyone knows someone affected by rare disease. And now that I said that and you start thinking about your friend base, your family base, you you will know someone. Globally, 350 million people worldwide affected. That's more than all cancers and AIDS combined. So it's this massive community of people that are just desperate for help. 7,000 tiny, tiny diseases, right, right, with science and support, you know, limited to that specific tiny disease makes it really difficult to gain traction and garner support and raise money, like we've seen with some of the big causes like AIDS and breast cancer. So kind of the idea, and this is like marketing and sales, was to come in and say, how can we kind of aggregate or unify this community as one, and Uh now it becomes something that people can take note of. Is that, was that your idea? Yes. So that is a powerful idea. 
I'm, congratulations, by the way, oh. for thinking of that. I'm sort of surprised that someone hadn't had that thought before, but thank God you did. Well, I mean, I, it's not, <laughs> you know, I feel like this community is where AIDS and breast cancer were 20 years ago. Okay. So, you know, we've like just started nipping at the, you know, at the tail of sure, the lion. Sure. And, you know, we have so far to go. But the good news is, you know, we're connected with about 850 global rare disease organizations. Um, about 40,000 people on our network. But here's the scary other fact. <laughs> Less than 15% of all of these rare diseases that I just mentioned have a foundation or support, wow. like the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, right. right? So you have millions and millions of people out there with nothing. No, no they have advocacy. to start everything from scratch. Exactly. And the, and here's the last fact. I'm, Bring it <laughs> I on, man. Bring it on. Um, so out of the 7,000 diseases right now, there's only about 400 treatments and zero cures. And the majority of these diseases affect kids, and mm. the, over 50% will die before the age of five. You're a very powerful spokesperson for this <laughs> cause. They need it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I'm saying that in all seriousness, and I'm well, glad you're you. doing this. So, so help us to put a little more skin around the pro- the the global genes project w- what did you start what's its mission just give us a little sense for what your organization is about right so um i, I kind of laid out some of the problems so the problems aren't as simple as you know give me ten thousand dollars and i can feed 25 people for a month right this is a very complex community so our goal originally is was to you know kind of ease the burdens of these families affected by rare diseases but by providing them with the tools and the resources and the connections that they need to be successful on this journey. So, for instance, you know, we need to create more Susan Komen foundations, okay, right? right? And But most parents that are thrown into this crazy world of rare disease don't have the experience, likely aren't starting nonprofits. Many of them are stay-at-home moms. And so they kind of need the tools and the skills to get them to take that next step. So it could be anything from, you know, creating a nonprofit. Do you really need to? Who can you partner with? What else is out there? To how do you lobby on the Hill in Washington, D.C. to bring rare rare disease there? Um, To how do I start in some of these things, you know, probably the general public don't think about, but a a patient disease registry, you know, so that I can help drive research, you know, down the road. So there's all of these things that no one has any experience in, and they're thrown into this world with nothing. And so what we try to do is kind of help, you know, it's kind of that old adage of, um, you know, you don't you don't just feed them fish; you give them the tools right. and teach them how to fish, so they can be successful. And so that's what we're working to do. I would think there's a lot of transferable knowledge. Um, okay, this is the rare disease that my child has, which is not the disease may be different than other diseases, but the the support structure and the lack of. I mean, that's all common. So you're Bingo. kind of a clearinghouse then for that, right? Well, and and you just laid it out there. So what we do a lot is we create kind of this platform for connections, right? right. There's a lot of shared learnings that can happen. Love that. So you might be in part of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, but what you learn, you can translate to the those folks affected by juvenile dermatomyositis. So it's um it is. It, you, you hit it on the head. So it, it, this community will be incredibly successful if we continue to collaborate. And it needs to happen in science. It needs to happen, you know, within the advocacy community with people, et cetera. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about a challenge that you're facing. And the audience tend to be business owners and executives, Southern California, but across the world, because we're on Internet radio station, octalkradio.net. So how, what is a challenge and how can this community maybe help? So first is, you know, we have challenge. So we as an organization internally are, are really looking to help 
patients identify themselves as rare disease patients. Like most of them close the doors, feel that they're on this journey alone. Yeah. So, so for internally, that's a, that's a challenge for us. Externally, it's not necessarily a challenge, but it's a, something cool that can happen, right? We need the world recognizing that this is a global health crisis, right? And that there's something that everyone can do. We can create the next Komen Foundation. The sheer mass of these individuals is a huge market segment. From a business perspective, if you look at 35 million people affected, each one of those people affected has three to four caregivers. That's one third of the U.S. population affected every day by a rare disease. Every day. Hmm. That is a huge market segment. So smart companies right now will look at this as kind of, you know, the next big cause and and know that they can um, make a huge impact you know, with very little money versus, you know, we, I always, I keep using breast cancer because they've just been very successful. So congrats. Right. But, you know, you look at their list of donors and any to even get on the list, you have to give $10 million to be right. You know, so so here the opportunities to help are are so great. And and you can do so much with with any level of contribution. So we're looking to, you know, find corporations. You know, there's no reason why JetBlue Airlines shouldn't be supporting this. The the, the unifying symbol of hope is the blue denim ribbon. Uh-huh. I actually brought you she some has. presents oh, and okay. stuff. Yeah, so, you. Nice. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of opportunities from a cause marketing perspective as well. And just, you know, the last thing I'll say to corporations and business owners here is, you know, if you look at that 1 in 10 number, if you have 20,000 employees, that means you have... It's in your population. 2,000 people in your company that have a rare condition. Like, so that's powerful. Right. And so, you know, it, it's just something that we, no one, ha, no one has known to recognize it. So that's kind of our job is to recognize that this is an issue and a problem that affects all of us. Did, all of us. Sorry. No, I love it. No, <laughs> please. We're, it's all about you talking. Believe me, I don't want to take the time. I'm just wondering. Did you expect to be in this place when you decided to start the Global Genes Project? I mean, did you see yourself here advocating yeah. as you are? You know, I think I've all, I'm kind of like the classic, you know, Pisces dreamer, right? And I and I came into this thinking like we this can be a global campaign, you know, that the world, you know, we sh- you know, <laughs> the NFL is wearing pink. Why can't the Dodgers turn denim blue for a game and, right. and help support kids that can't maybe play baseball? So there's a ton of ideas out there that we have. So I've so at the kind of the marketing background, I kept thinking, no way, this could be big. It's a huge market segment. So that's why I thought that there could be a great business tie. Right? There's a it makes business sense to support this community. At so so businesses can do well by doing good. Right. 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 Well, that is great. We're going to take our third and final commercial break give you a chance to look at what are the other questions i want to ask you and have a drink of water this is a we're having fun ladies and gentlemen i have nicole boyce she is president and founder of the global genes project when we come back we're going to talk and i'm excited to do this we're going to talk about the tribute to champions of hope gala which is coming up on september 21st so stay tuned ladies and gentlemen right back after these words from our commercial sponsors It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. 
If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio shows may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our show, we deliver over 20,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions a month. To learn more, contact our advertising department at 949-887-4104. Nicole Boyce is our guest. We're talking about her foundation, the Global Genes Project, and we're going to talk now about a great event. I understand this is the second year coming up. So tell the audience, in case they don't know, about the Tribute to Champions of Hope Gala on September 21st. Thank you. So um, the, last year was the first year. The idea behind this event was to kind of create an Academy Awards type event for those in the rare disease community that are just rocking it for rare disease, whether they're scientists or advocates. Last year we had professional athletes recognized that were affiliated with a rare disease and doing all sorts of stuff on their own to, okay. to support that disease. We had scientists from UCLA and around the globe um, we had patient advocates that were doing mir- like miraculous things to help advocate for for this community. So we try to recognize those that might be, um, you know, n- not someone that you would necessarily think of as an advocate for rare disease, and and they might be doing it because you know they're not looking for recognition just because they really are committed and care. Okay. So it's an opportunity to do that. Um, and so last year we had. Um, we had a, a sold-out event. Um, we It's mainly um, supported by industry, meaning biotech and pharmaceutical companies, as well as um, local business. Um, it's at the Balboa Bay Club. And um, can I give you a little cup sneak peek at who's coming this Bring year? Bring it on, yeah. So I'm um, a couple Market. of really cool award winners. And, this is, and we try to create really meaningful, wonderful connections. So we have two young boys, six years old. Um, one of them was diagnosed with a rare um, liver condition, and his little buddy came home from school one day and says, I want to raise money to help save Jonah. Wow. And um, he wrote a book. They have, <laughs> uh, they had a little, they have a little, like, statement that that means so cool, and it's basically so chocolate bar. Uh-huh. And so this little boy writes this book, Dylan Siegel writes this book, and he sells over $200,000 worth of these books to raise money for wow. his, his best friend's condition. So they will be represent. They will be. That's they're touching. being awarded as an advocate, right, right? An exceptional advocate. We have a gentleman out of New York who um, is an ex fashion photographer, worked for Condé Nast for years. He's an incredible man. He left fashion because he was tired of people telling him, you know, this is beauty. You need mm. to photograph beauty. He saw a, an incredible young lady on the streets in New York who had albinism, and he ran down there. 
said, I need, I think you're beautiful. I need a photograph. You know, I know you think I'm a crazy, but, um, you know, tell your mom to call me. And so he did. And she walked in shoulders slumped over. I'm not familiar with what that is. Albinism is, is, um, well, it's a condition that you would recognize it by because you're all white. You have white hair, pink eyes, like sometimes, you know, and there's other problems with the condition. But, um, anyway, she walks, um, she walked in and walked out a totally different person, right? Feeling confident in herself, realizing she was beautiful. So he's dedicated his life now to photographing kids from all around the world, um, that have these rare genetic conditions. He's amazing. So it's so then we have scientists that are you know so it's it's just an incredible event. We have um, celebrity presenters. We we're waiting to make confirmations there. We have um, two entertainers. One is Emmy Award winning. He's from here, local. Andrew McMahon, mm-hmm. formerly with um, Jack's Mannequin. He is a singer songwriter and like he's up for an Emmy. It's actually happening the night after the Emmys wow. of our event. Um, and another band, Cimarelli. Um, who are huge um, rare disease supporters, and they're a younger band, younger generation, um, all-girl band, recently signed by a major record label. So it's it's celebrity, it's it's professional athletes, it's industry, it's philanthropists, industry meaning biotech and pharma, and, and patient advocates en masse, um, all coming together to say, you know what, we're a community, we're together, you're supported, you know, we're here to help you. And, and it's just an, inc- it has incredible energy. Like I said, we're fortunate second year out, we're totally 100% sold out. We're like trying to find seats next year. We're likely going to have to move the location to a much larger venue, but, um, you know, it's a good problem to have, but it's because it is a good problem to have. this, this is so needed and these people need help. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's uh, great. I wanted to get exposure for that. So if you. you're listening in the audience, either live or on a podcast, unfortunately, you won't be able to go to this year's <laughs> event, but... We might be um, actually um, having it live broadcasted, oh, so okay. people can go to... We'll be able to see it on our website, yeah. and post-event will be on our website. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Uh, tell me about the future. We have a few minutes left yeah. here on the program. Uh, you, you've made a lot of progress. Uh, give us a sense for when we have you back on the program, what's going to be going on with your foundation. Yeah. Um, so I'll kind of frame it like this. Um I'm going to use the breast cancer analogy again. If you're diagnosed with breast cancer, you, you walk outside your house, the pink brigade is there unmasked supporting you, right? Survivors, cancer survivors, family, friends. You know that when you walk into your physician's office, well, you know that there's national support. You know that billions of dollars have been raised, and they're funding enough research that they're finding treatments and keeping women alive. It's, it's, a, it's a scary thing, but you know that there's support and people are working on your behalf. Right. And you know when you walk into a doctor's office that there's um, – a plan and a protocol in place for treatment therapy and to cure you, right? Mm-hmm. right. I want that same thing for rare disease. And um, because right now it doesn't exist at all. So we're building rare meetups and community pods all around the globe. Because like what you said earlier, it doesn't matter what disease you have. There's so many commonalities and things that you can share. Right. Local issues, national, global issues, etc. On, on anything from just living with a rare condition to how do you parent a child with special needs and to lobbying, like I said, lobbying to drug development. I mean, these parents have to do everything. So, um, you know, I want to have the de- blue denim brigade out en masse, right? Hey. You know, we have college, college kids and sororities and fraternities and sports teams all finding it easy to throw on a pair of jeans and support a community in need. And so there's a lot of opportunity there. We've tried to make it fun and take a lot of you know, the complexity out of rare disease and make it as simple as throwing on a pair of jeans, right? Right. So um, 
so there's there's opportunity for people to get involved. You know, we're, we are always looking for innovative, very cool ideas with corporations. Um, you because know, we're an international show being on the Internet, uh, if there are people outside the U.S. borders... We're a global organization. You're a global yep. organization. Yep. They can find uh, a way to help the organization uh, in the country that they're living in, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. We've helped patients overseas. We've helped c- patients connect with overseas organizations with resources overseas. Um, so, it, yes, absolutely. All out of Southern California, huh? Here we are. Here we are in beautiful Yay. Orange County. <laughs> so if someone, and who wouldn't, now want to learn more about the Global Genes Project, how do they find you online? Um, we are at um, global, G-L-O-B-A-L, genes, G-E-N-E-S, dot org. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook, Global Genes Project. Call us. <laughs> and how would they call you? Call me Nicole. No, uh, uh, no you can you can reach our offices at nine four nine two four eight seven two seven three. Thank you. Any other any other events you do to raise awareness beyond the event that's on the twenty first? Um, not 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 anything yet okay. that's associated with the general pop. I mean, we have like stuff in D.C. and you know stuff for patient advocates, like what we talked about right. patient advocacy. You know, people know of someone with a rare condition, have them get in touch with us. We can help get them connected and maybe have I them participate. Th- just at that level, not to feel isolated and alone and different, to know that you're in a community, to be supported, is so therapeutic. Absolutely. It works on so many levels. Just being in that community has got to be the such a huge first step. So yeah. I have to thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. I have to thank you for being... T- Kind enough with your time to come on our program. Oh. We are we are going to have you back, and I encourage everyone who's listening today or in the future as a podcast, uh, find out more about the Global Genes Project. It's probably touched somebody you know. This is Rick Franzi, host of Critical Mass Radio Show, saying thank you to our engineer, Paul Roberts. Thank you to our producer, Rachel Franzi, our guest coordinator, Kathleen Shepard, and our marketing communications manager, Kelly Faltas. Until the next time we have a chance to talk, Here's hoping that all of your decisions will move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass, the nonprofit hour, right here on OCTalkRadio.net.